For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings so we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 111 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And uh, it's our 111th birthday. 100th and 11th birthday. Broad feats. Uh, we're going to talk about some Star Wars, answer some emails and some voice messages. You guys know how we do. I am worn out this week, guys. I'm just going to be you honest. Really? Yeah. Poor Hawes. It's all right. I'm working so hard. Can't complain. I mean, better than not having a job. You know what I mean? Yep. So, uh, how's your week been, buddy? It's been good. It's been good. I can't complain. Cool. Life is good. Right on. Well, uh, we got to two sort of Star Wars newsy things to talk about this week. Uh, one of which is the new writer for Episode Nine, and the just-announced new Star Wars VR experience that's going to be coming to Disneyland and Disney World this holiday season. And damn, it sounds cool. It does sound cool. I've read about it. I'm excited. Uh how about a little bit of lazy business this week? How about I just lay on my back and let you guys give me the business? You, oh. can, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. You can buy our shirts and things at tpublic.com slash user slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Hey, we're part of that. Dang old, dang dang, dang old, making Star Wars podcast network. Along, <laughs> dang old, dang old, dang dang, dang old, damn ass, making Star Wars podcast network. Along with such other amazing shows as, and now this is podcasting: Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, Cantina Cast, Idiots Array, Rogue One, Tarkin's Top Shelf, Podcast Two One Eight Seven, First Order Transmissions, and The Cargo Hold. So there you go. There's a little lazy business. Now I'll just roll over and uh, pass out while I watch episodes of uh, fucking Rick and Morty while I sleep. 
Rick and, Rick and Morty forever. A thousand years, Rick and Morty. Uh, I Rick and, and Morty forever.com. I have to say, Rick and Morty's finally back for season three. I'm so excited that Rick and Morty is <sighs> back, finally. The first two episodes were really good, too. Good. Really good. I haven't seen it. I, I haven't seen any of the new... Like, I saw the... You know, there was the first episode that leaked. Not leaked, but was released a long time ago. A couple months ago. Mm-hmm. First episode of season three. It's crazy. It's crazy fucked up. And so I can't wait to see what the rest of that season is like. Did you see that uh, McDonald's sent Justin Roiland a five-gallon jug of Szechuan sauce? Oh, shit. Really? Yep. I thought that was pretty fucking funny myself. Um, So, what do we got going on this week? Well, I guess the biggest news is that uh, episode nine has a new writer. Reported by The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, apparently, Jack Thorne, uh, who is known for a upcoming Julia Roberts-Jacob Tremblay movie, Wonder, it has been tapped to write episode 9. Now, I don't know much information about it. Is it a complete rewrite? Are they scrapping Colin Trevorrow's script or is this uh just coming in and fixing up a few things there's not a whole lot of information out there about it right now right Mm, sort of par for the course for star wars so um looking into what else this guy has done he wrote uh harry potter and the cursed child which you know is that harry potter sequel play that just recently uh came out um, I haven't read that myself. I know Jesse, who is a huge Harry Potter fan, wasn't all that stoked on it, though. Um, I haven't I, seen anything about it. Yeah, I mean, she told me about it, and I read some spoilers on it. And, uh, I don't know, just sounded like some of it was a little goofy, I guess. I don't know. Expecto Patronum and whatnot, you know? <laughs> Expelliarmus. You got to help me out, buddy. You got to put the team on your back this week. Oh, um, oh, really? You got to put the team on my back. Expelliarmus. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I, I mean, really, that's. I don't really have much to say about this. They got a new writer. Alrighty. Oh, I'm looking forward to what he's gonna do. Yeah. Uh, hey, I'm looking forward to the end of the sequel trilogy, then the sequel to the sequel trilogy, then the sequel to the sequel sequel trilogy. And yeah. so on and so forth. I'm ready. Ready. Just give me all the Star Wars. You know, make sure the script is good. I'm all down for it. Hey, yo, whatever, man. I'm down. Like, I don't know. Um, interesting. One thing that was sort of interesting uh, about this is that Ryan Johnson, the director for episode eight, um, sort of responded to this article and wanted to correct them on something. I guess originally in the article. They stated that Ryan Johnson did the first treatment for episode nine, and Ryan Johnson clarified that and said, I did not write a treatment for episode nine, which is interesting because I believe sort of when the news about him first broke, it was that he would be writing and directing eight and also writing nine. So, you know, uh, apparently that was either incorrect or they changed their mind. Who knows? Right. I tell you it's right possible. now, 
the as much as I'm liking Ryan Johnson and what I'm seeing of uh, the Last Jedi and the behind the scenes and the uh, trailer and leaked stuff, just give this dude more Star Wars. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I you know, maybe uh, hopefully not. Do you think but... they're going to give everybody a crack at it instead of settling down on one they like? I mean, you know, that's what I kind of wonder. Will they run across their version of the Russo brothers? who, you know, came on board with Captain America 2 for Marvel. They did Civil War. Now they're doing the next two uh, Avengers movies. Will they find a director that they like so much that works so well with them that's willing to stick around and do multiple ones? That'll be interesting to see. Um, that'll be really interesting to see. So far, it hasn't happened, as far as we know. I mean, it does not... I. I I guarantee you J.J. Abrams not coming back for another Star Wars. No. Um, Gareth Edwards, probably not. Uh, huh. There's two dickheads that are off playing with some Legos right now that are probably never coming anywhere near the Lucasfilm offices again, much less doing a Star Wars movie. Right. Um, who knows? I, I kind of wonder if... Um, I've kind of wondered if the sort of quick hiring of Ron Howard was because maybe they were already talking to him about taking over a future spinoff movie or a, you know, a saga movie even. Probably more right. likely a spinoff movie. And I wonder if that's why they were able to make the deal for Han Solo so quickly. It was because they just had him already in discussions for Star Wars. Right. Um, I wonder if Han Solo is, is really successful and well-seeved and they decide to want to do, they want to do a sequel to it. Will Ron Howard come back for that? I almost called him Han Howard. Han Howard. Han might, Howard. might as well. Old Han Howard. So, yeah, that, that'll be interesting to see. <clears throat> I'm still wondering when we're going to get that uh, announcement of the third spinoff movie. Yeah. What do you think it's going to be? What do I think the third spinoff movie is going to be? Right. I fucked if I know, buddy. Yeah. You know. What do you hope it is? Oh, come on. Don't it's Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Come on, that's Boba easy. Fett. That's an easy three pointer right there. That was softball. Yeah, so That makes sense. I mean, that's what I hope it is. A lot I'm of not... people are gonna hope it's Darth Vader, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like Darth Vader's own movie. Yeah, I definitely saw some uh some people clamoring for that after that badass Fucking hallway, hallway sequence in Rogue One. My point is, is we've kind of already got six movies about Darth Vader. Yeah. <clears throat> you know? Uh, not that I wouldn't be down to watch an, a Darth Vader movie set in between three and four. But I'm also kind of ready for them to move on from that time frame. So, yeah, you know? Uh, I really need to get caught up on this new Darth Vader comic book series. Because everybody's raving about it. And that is a rarity for the the Star Wars comics of late. So it sounds like one I need to actually go pick up. Uh, you know what's uh, off topic, but you know what's really good? What's Marvel that? just started their Iceman comic. Yeah. And it is so good. Really? Bobby yeah, Drake? Man. Yeah, man. So good, man. And you know, Iceman's my dude. He's my favorite X-Man. So. He is. He is your favorite. I had to check that out. And, uh, 
I read the first three issues and it's really fucking good. Um, but that's not Star Wars, so it's neither here nor there, I guess. Um, watching watching him get killed in the beginning of that X Men movie is sad as hell. I know he doesn't really die, but Days of Future Past. Yeah. Yeah. When they're jumping through time at the beginning. Yeah. That's something that's kind of bummed me out about the X-Men movies is they didn't really, I don't know if it's not that they didn't do Iceman correctly. It's that, I don't know. Iceman wasn't as big of a part of the team as he should be. He was like um, a rookie. One of the only parts of X-Man Last Standing that I like, though, is when he fully ices out. Because that's what I wanted to see through X-Men right. 1 and 2, you know? Right. So, Maybe they'll fix that eventually. Maybe they'll bring X Men or X Men Iceman back into the story at some point. You know they're uh, they're working on the Dark Phoenix movie right now. Are they really? That's the next movie coming out with the. Is uh, it going to have Famke Jensen in it? Mm-mm. No, it's uh, Sansa Stark, Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones playing. Oh, right on. Uh, Jean Grey. She played Jean Grey in X Men Apocalypse. Oh, that's well. cool. So, um. Yeah, I'll be interested to check that out. I wasn't a huge fan of X-Men Apocalypse, but I also didn't I hate it. I haven't seen that one. I would think it would be my favorite. You know, that's my golden era X-Men. Saturday morning X-Men. You know, they oh. were fighting Apocalypse and the Shi'ar Empire. and Dude, Apocalypse. Dark Phoenix. Apocalypse may be my favorite X-Men villain. It's hard yeah. to say. I, I like a lot of X-Men villains, but... He's one of those villains that's so overpowered. He's kind of like Darkseid. Like, yeah, I mean, he's definitely overpowered, but... How that powerful? Some of the storylines they did with him when I was a kid, like the Age of Apocalypse, that's one I talk about all the time. I really yeah. dig that one. I, and even the one where he makes Wolverine a four horseman of the apocalypse. Yeah, he makes him death. Yeah, um, that's and Archangels that's a, in there. A little more recent, the X Factor storylines where he uh, turns Angel into Archangel and and all that shit, and then um, all the weird time travel shit they do with him and Nathan Summers and Cable yeah. and Strife and all that shit. I'm all about that. So, and also something that would be hard for them to really get down in a movie. Um, yeah. And you know, Poe Dameron plays Apocalypse. In X Men Apocalypse, really? yep. I actually forgot to fucking text. The other day, I was taking a nap, and Goose texted me, and he goes, "I didn't know that Poe was Apocalypse." And uh, oh. and I like it woke me up, and I looked at it, and I was like, "I'll answer that when I wake up." And then I totally forgot, and this conversation just jarred my memory. And it's like three days ago, so now it would be weird for me to be like, "Yeah, buddy, that's that's old Poe Dameron." Speaking of which, uh days until the birth of one Boba Payne. I can't fucking wait. How many days are we? Uh, So I think uh, if she hasn't had the baby by the 14th, which is in 10 days, they're going to induce labor. So right. my sister's going to be a mom. Goose going to yep. be a dad. I'm going to be an uncle. My parents are going to be a grandparent. Grandparents or something. Yeah, it is exciting. I can't wait. Cannot wait. I'm excited. All right. <clears throat> so yeah, that's it on the episode nine, writer. What? What do you guys expect me to say? There's not enough information. 
everybody was complaining about Colin Trevorrow, in my opinion, understandably, uh, about a month or so ago. So uh, maybe this will calm their fears a little bit. They're not letting him write it. Or they're, you know, rewriting what he wrote. <clears throat> All right. Now, here's something I am pretty fucking excited about. There is a new VR experience called Star Wars Secrets of the Empire. They're actually calling it a hyper-reality experience. And right. It's coming to Orlando and Anaheim this holiday season. So, this is sort of the press release that they put out on StarWars.com. Soon... You'll be able to literally step inside Star Wars. Lucasfilm, ILM X-Lab, and The Void today announced a new hyper-reality experience called Star Wars Secrets of the Empire, which promises to plunge fans into the Star Wars universe. Created by ILM X-Lab, Lucasfilm's immersive entertainment division in collaboration with The Void it will open to the public at two new Void Experience Centers at Downtown Disney at Disneyland Resort and Disney Springs at Walt Disney World Resort beginning this holiday season. Star Wars Secrets of the Empire will allow fans to move freely in an untethered social and multi-sensory experience including interaction with friends, fans, and Star Wars characters. So, uh, and then they've got some uh, quotes. Uh, at ILMX Lab, we want people to step inside the worlds of our stories, explained Vicki Dobbs, Beck, ex- executive in charge of ILMX Lab. Through our collaboration with The Void, we can make this happen as guests become active participants in an unfolding Star Wars adventure. By combining Lucasfilm's storytelling expertise with cutting-edge Im- imagery and immersive sound from the team at Skywalker Sound, while invoking all the senses, we true we hope to truly transport all those who experience Star Wars: Secrets of the Empire to a galaxy far, far away. Sign me up, dude. That's going to be incredible. So, from what I understand, and someone from the Lucasfilm Story Group posted a picture of them, I guess, sort of testing it out. Um, and I believe maybe it was Matt Martin that posted it, but it was like him and Pablo and someone else. Um, uh, they had like the VR headsets on, they had, um, these guns in their hands that were like, uh, they look like high tech fucking laser tag guns. And to me, that's kind of what this sounds like is it's going to be fucking high tech star Wars laser tag. That's going to be incredible. Yeah, and uh, from what I understand about this company, The Void, and their experience centers, they're set up to be basically, I know I just said it, but high-tech laser tag. So you go in and like you're not just you know with a VR headset with a controller in your hand or something. You're actually in a room... That's got like stuff set up in it and you've got the VR headset on so you can walk around and it's like you're actually there. Like you can actually move within it and you can see other players. It's it's like, a you know, uh, a social experience. So there's more than just you in the uh, in the game. 
<clears throat> so, man, I cannot wait to try that out. I, I can imagine it might be end up being a little difficult in the chair. In the chair, though, like I'll be interested to see how that works. But I will. Yeah. I will be down to try it out for sure. You know. It's going to be one of those augmented virtual reality things. It's like there will be things to interact with in the environment, right? I believe so. I believe how that's how it works. Like, So you have the headset on, so it'll look like you're inside, say, a you know a Star Destroyer hangar, right? Right. But you'll uh, be able to see other players. So let's say you're a group of rebels. You'll be able to see all the people on your team. And let's say in the virtual reality world, there's some crates set up that you can take cover behind. Those are there in the physical reality as right. well. So, like, granted, if you took the goggles off, they're probably just some boxes set up, you know, or like a right. little half wall. But it, it's it's so, like, you can actually touch and feel things. And they said all the uh, the senses, so that makes me think there's going to be some smell-o-vision going on. Like, maybe you can They'll smell a mist and smoke at you and stuff. <laughs> smell a wookie fart. Yeah. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. <laughs> yeah, man. How many times can you say, yeah, I know what Chewy's farts smell like? And it's not uh, great. I don't know. It's not Johnny great. Johnny Grosser could tell you. Well, that's his dog, Chewy. Maybe that. Maybe that's where they'll sample the smell. They'll go over I to mean, Johnny's house to start and use somewhere. Some scientific equipment right by his dog's butt to capture that perfect, like, wookie fart smell. And then, like, you'll just be balling around, and Chewy will be next to you, and you'll see his little... You'll be like, ugh, that's... Oh, well, now I know. Now I know. You... I love that what you want is a virtual Wookiee fart. That's not the only thing, but, like, look... That's what would make you happiest in life. Like, "Mm, (laughs) Wookiee fart. If you're going to fully immerse me in Star Wars, I want to be fully immersed. (laughs) Wouldn't it be funny if, you know, because... If there are Ewoks there, do you want to smell their farts? I mean, whatever creature or character. Do you prefer Jawa farts? I doubt I I prefer any of them. It's not like I like smelling farts, but I'm saying, take me that extra inch. You're like, what does this fart smell like? Wouldn't that be funny if the uh, (laughs) Secrets of the Empire was just a, like, you just go in and smell a bunch of different creature farts? (laughs) (laughs) So, <laughs> all right, guys, get ready for the most ex- immersive Star Wars experience of all time. We present to you Secrets of the Empire. First up, we have a Bantha. And, like, you're uh, like, oh, fuck, there's a Bantha in front of me. And that thing fucking rips a fart that sounds like a, <laughs> a kid that doesn't know how to play the tuba. Uh, and they blow wind in your face. And, and smart fell and you're like okay all right it starts off with the starts off with a fart gag very george lucas of you guys well done and then like the <laughs> bantha trods off now here's a fucking eop <laughs> and you're like okay right on creature from phantom menace and it just turns around rips a fart right in your face like that scene in the phantom menace. and you're like oh wow they doubled up on the fart gag oh wow Spray of choice, I guess, guys. Doubled up on that fart gag. And then the EOP walks off, and you're like, well, well, now it's time for an adventure. Here comes a Rancor. And you're like, oh, fuck, it's huge. That's a ra- Oh, God, it's going to fart on me, isn't it? 
<laughs> and then you'd need like a raincoat. <laughs> oh, it'd be, be like going to see Gallagher and shit. Oh, gross. Oh, this is so gross. We have to stop. We will. We will. Whew. All right. Do you think iTunes would let me title this episode Wookie Farts, Rancor Farts? <laughs> Rancor Farts at a Gallagher concert. I don't know. We'll workshop it a little bit. I think Wookie Farts is appropriate. <laughs> oh. I don't know. It's fairly crude, but <laughs> specific. It is very specific. All right. So yeah, I you look. I can't wait to see what this is about. They've done a few Star Wars VR things. They okay. did. Go ahead, bud. Will it be competitively <coughs> scored? scored? I would think so. Okay, so that's where I'm like really interested. Like, oh, you mean I can be the best? shot in the room you know like i would try hard see for this that. is the thing like i want to try this so bad but if i'm in my chair if i'm in my chair and if it's on like a like all right you get shot and you're dead and then you're out of the game like i'm gonna be in there for two seconds i'm like the easiest target in star wars history <laughs> you can be my bullet sponge Hell no, I'm not going to let you use me as a, make you push me around and shit and give you, like, push me over there, Will. No, no, but there will be some competitive shooting now. Um, I'm just kidding, buddy. I wouldn't do it. Or will they have, like, little sniper hiding hole, hidey holes, and they're like, will they let me go? That would be cool. I'll just go hide up in a sniper hiding hole and take people out. Something just freaked me the fuck out. There's either someone outside my house or I just saw the reflection of one of my cats. So, stay tuned, I guess. Bum, bum, bum. It's actually kind of fucked up. You know, I sit at the kitchen table looking out the front door of my house and it's like pitch-ass dark outside. It could be anything out there. Right fucking making myself real paranoid yeah you are um be a murderer out there what would be oh man what would be cool is uh if i lost my train of thought (laughs) that would be really cool that is the coolest thing (laughs) that would be neat ever heard i'm struggling (laughs) struggle 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 you're cracking me up i know i know I'm, at least i'm on a roll with that let's just hope uh people listening or, or have the same sense of humor as will or at least have that attention span granted there was probably at least a couple to quite a few that pulled the ripcord on the uh, fart talk and they're like ah, episode 111 is not for me <laughs> came here to hear about Star Wars and Pew Pews and this dude talked about fucking alien farts for 15 minutes. Said it was going to be like a Gallagher concert. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. I just had to be pressed to know why you wanted to smell the Wookiee part. If it was anything about the Wookiee in specific or was it just that you liked Star Wars, the idea of Star Wars galaxy animal farts? It's not either. It's neither. It's just I'm saying, take me that extra mile for full immersion. <laughs> I, if I'm going to live in 
People fart in Star Wars. We know this. Things fart, so throw it in right. there, man. Let me. If you're going to do smell-o-vision, I don't want to just smell like what the inside of a fucking Star Destroyer smells like. I'm sure it smells like fucking mop and glow or something. They keep that shit too shiny. It's going to smell like cleaning products. Tatooine, it's going to smell like fucking desert. All right, that's fine. (laughs) But you got to throw in the nasty... Like, you don't do smell-o-vision without at least one nasty smell gag moment, I feel. Gag moment? If I'm doing Not like, smell-o-vision no, no. and I have to gag, no, I don't mean. I, will be I don't know so impressed. I don't mean gag as in it actually makes you gag. I mean gag as in joke, like a oh, fart okay. gag. Or no, a, I see, you see what I'm saying? I don't mean like because no. of what we're talking. I don't about, want it to be like, so putrid. You want to smell like, something <laughs> so nasty <laughs> that you gag? I was like, no, like that's not what I'm signing God up damn, for. Damn, Secrets of the Empire is so immersive that I literally threw up. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, sir. No, sir. No, I'm not looking for that. Who? All right. So we got to write this ship a little bit. It's a, going into a little bit of a a nosedive. All right. You know what we're going to do? There's one like Honey, I think, Shrunk the Kids where I don't I, There's something like rats running by your legs and they use like these little air hoses. To simulate rat tails running by your legs. Oh, oh! So this is like a ride or something you've been on. No, it was like an experience. An experience. Then Epcot. It was an it's like, honey, I shrunk the audience. Oh, okay. Know, one of those. Um, so I can't remember if it was that one specifically. When Jesse and I went to Universal before Celebration, we rode the Spider-Man ride there because you know, yeah. fucking Spider-Man, and he's my boy. By the way, finally saw the new Spider-Man movie. Did you really? How is it? It is so good. So good. Good. I just had a, a I, I just I had a good ass time at that movie. It was good. so good. You got when you get a chance, you got to see it. I think the last Spider-Man movie you and I saw together was Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Yeah. This is way better than that. You're going to have to trust me on that. Oh, I know it is. Like I know cuz that was bad. Um you were bummed at how disappointed I was at that movie. You, yeah. Yeah. I, there's something you got to realize. Like, I am kind of a man-child to where, like, I'm still, like, you know when you got to go see a movie as a kid and, like, no matter what the movie was, afterwards you were like, that was awesome, I got to go see a movie. Yeah. That happens to me about 98% of the time. <laughs> and then sometimes, you know, after some time, I'm like, well, that, yeah, that wasn't that great. <laughs> that wasn't that. There's been a few times where, like, <laughs> clearly it was bad. Like, that movie Van Helsing, Jesus, cheese and rice. Yeah. It's like I, Frankenstein. I fell I tried, asleep in I the, tried you, to watch that. You tried to watch I, I Frankenstein? I tried to watch it. Dude, and, you know, I'll watch anything. Oh, right? I know. I've I, seen it. I t- just stopped watching it. Like, I just didn't, I didn't care to know how it ended. Like, I wasn't, it was so bad, I couldn't bring myself to continue. That's the one where the Punisher is Frankenstein's monster, right? Yeah. Or is he Frankenstein? Uh, He is Frankenstein's monster. Okay. Thomas Jane, right? Yes. Yeah. I skipped that one. 
I mean, there's good reason. I Frankenstein more like I th- I think not more like no thank you. <laughs> All right. Let's uh let's let's do some emails, goddammit. And there's only one way to do emails. Only one way. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. F- f- fuck yeah. <laughs> there was somebody on Twitter talking about how much we <coughs> how much we dropped the F bomb. Yeah. It's probably a little excessive, but what are you gonna do? Hey, if you got the explicit warning, you might as well use it. Yeah, and it's not like I don't you know. I'm not saying it's just it's a podcast. Control, like, like, but you know me. Like, if I'm around, if I'm in a I situation talk. where, you know, saying fuck is not cool, I'm cool. Like, it's not like I just go around everywhere. Oh, fuck this, fuck that. <laughs> I know when to behave my damn self. But sometimes we are excessive. But I don't think it's. I don't know. It's just you and I talking. It's like shop talk. <laughs> shop talk. Except shop is Star Wars. And we're not building anything. <laughs> and our tool, our main tool is the word thick. <laughs> and from that. <laughs> thick. Hey, Will, will you pass me a hammer and a bag of fuck? <laughs> I'm not right. a lot of fucks, but I got a hammer. So, um... All right. So our buddy Brad Heron. I hope I'm saying that right. Maybe it's Heron. Brad H. Our buddy Brad H. wrote in. Uh, I sort of got into it a little bit with someone on Twitter this week. Really? Tell me about that. Uh, well, I didn't know how much I was going to get into this this week. But since he wrote in, I guess I'll give a little backstory so you and anybody listening that doesn't isn't really familiar. We'll know what's up. Um, there's this guy. He is um, sort of part of the Dad Jeans Coalition, if you will. Right. Uh, he hosts sort of a general geek and nerd news podcast. And uh, this last weekend on his podcast, he spent a whole lot of time, uh, in my opinion whining about how unfair Forces of Destiny is. You know, Forces of Destiny is that 
uh, female-led cartoon series that was on YouTube. Okay. Um, and how, well, if everything is supposed to be inclusive and equal, then it's unfair that there's forces of destiny and it only focuses on the women characters, etc., etc. He also spent a lot of time about how people attack him because of his faith, how, you know, uh, liberals have an agenda, blah, 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 blah. He also, blah, blah, blah. when I felt like really getting involved and, and taking, taking issue with him, and I, and I did it on Twitter, not my, you know, it's not ever something I look forward to doing. It just ends up happening. I get into it with someone like this. He um, mentioned that he had a, or has, present tense, has a niece who is in a wheelchair. And how she shouldn't demand that there be more people with disabilities represented, represented, represented on screen. And I was like, well, that's kind of fucked up. And he was like, well, you know, uh, your parents and your family members and your friends should be re role models. You shouldn't look to fictional characters to be role models. And I took kind of issue from that with that because my parents were good role models. Like, my parents are both really good people. My dad is a very hard worker. He definitely passed on that whole workaholic thing to me. Feel right. it growing with me. And, and not that that's necessarily a positive thing, but parents taught me to work hard. My parents are kind of no bullshit kind of people. You know what I mean? Right. You know my parents. I do. Um, but they're also just really nice people. Uh, so I feel like, despite the fact that I grew up with parents who were really strong role models, it still would be kind of cool for me to see more people like me in movies and TV in a positive manner. Right. Not something I get very much, you know? Right. Not something a lot of people get. Not just people that are dis disabled. And Star Wars has been making some strides and some, you know, some efforts to make it more inclusive because Star Wars should be and is for everyone. Right. And this guy doesn't like that, man. And then it got even worse because he started messaging me on Facebook and I actually sort of got, I wouldn't say got into it. It's not like we were arguing. I was just laying out my points for him. And like when we were talking, he was bringing up how oh, gay people have an agenda, blah, blah, blah. I feel gay people are bad, blah, blah, blah. I don't agree with it. I've got gay friends. They know that old chestnut. They know I don't agree <laughs> with their lifestyle. Blah, blah, uh. blah, blah. Meh, meh, meh. And it's just fucked up. It, it's fucked up when you see, like, I don't know, man. It, Star Wars is so huge and it's so popular. That it's beyond all that. It's Well, not just that. Like, you get every type of fan of Star Wars. Yeah. You get really cool fans, really understanding and caring and nice fans. And then you just get fucking backwards ding-dongs purists people who that don't want their their treasured thing to be corrupted by something they feel is less than and and uh you know i sort of talked to him and said like no i should demand that there's more disability pe dis disabled people 
portrayal. If that's what you want to see, then yes, you should. I'm not expecting a whole Star Wars movie. I'm not saying that. (laughs) Oh, I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, it's not like I'm looking for them to fucking a whole movie about Star Wars people in wheelchairs. But it'd be kind of cool to see somebody besides cranky ass Klee Lars. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And of course, what's, what do you think when I bring that up? in conversation what's the one character people always bring up and they're like well what about this character yeah who do you think it is it's Uh, not necessarily a star wars character what now what when i bring up this point to people and not necessarily in an argumentative way what's the one character they always bring up and they're like oh but what about this character don't they count there's one. Lars. No, 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 no. It's not necessarily a Star Wars character. Think of popular nerdy pop culture characters I'm in wheelchairs. Professor X. Exactly. Exactly. Every time I'm like, oh man, I wish I could cosplay, but I don't want to be like a stormtrooper in a wheelchair. Someone's always gonna go, oh, but you could be Professor X. I ain't shaving my goddamn head. Have you seen me with a <laughs> shaved head? It's terrible. It's I'd terrible. I'd love to see your head in one of those like skull caps skull caps like oh i'm bald skull cap <laughs> that would be incredible <laughs> yeah. but anyway i guess our uh our buddy brad h here i saw that all going down and he wanted to uh write in about it so i was going to respond on twitter but felt this was more was a more advantageous method the issue of course is on-screen representation forces of destiny and equality When I read the thread on Twitter, I needed some context, so I listened to the podcast in question and was, as you were, somewhat dumbfounded and appalled. The bottom line is this. If your masculinity is in question because female characters are finally making their way into the Star Wars family, then you are masculine. You aren't masculine. You're weak, and you need to reevaluate your perception of masculinity. The other issue I had with that respective podcast is this notion that someone has that has disabilities don't ask to be represented and therefore shouldn't be. I've worked in vocational rehabilitation and have proudly served a population with various roadblocks to meaningful, successful employment for a few years now. I've studied the matter in depth, and it is something I have a profound passion for. Respectfully, these individuals are succeeding in finding enjoyable lives and work in spite of their numerous roadblocks in life, not because of them. While they may not ask to be represented on... I cannot say represented tonight. Represented. Jeez. And well, at least you tried. On film, TV, etc. I can promise you they are deserving of the respect and dignity, dignity that involves such... Can't say dignity either. <laughs> Fuck. And this dude wrote in kidding. a really nice kidding. email and I'm just hip-hopping all over. Balls. That involves kidding. such representation and they are us and we are them. We are not a separate population from disabled po- from the disabled population. If you know the sheer amount of work it involves to work a normal job, then I'd argue you'd probably quit. Things you take for granted, such as finding decent parking and decent work accommodations, are things I'd invite you to research more. So while this community might not be begging to be represented, represented on screen, it's solely because they have better more difficult things to do with their lives, like living a fulfilling life. Simply put, if that is threatening to you, then you're part of the goddamn empire. You're not welcome here. Respectfully, Brad H. 
you know what? That's kind of pretty much how I feel. If you feel like that, then uh, like I don't want to associate with you. I don't want to be part of your fandom. You know, right. I'll never leave the Star Wars fandom. Um, I hope it bothers you so much that you do leave. If all this is bothering you that much, I'm sure the fucking Sharknado fandom could use another couple of members. <laughs> or whatever the fuck uh, people are into besides Star Wars. I know Star right. Trek ain't going to take you. They ain't, they ain't down with that bullshit either. So, right. move along. In our futures, there is acceptance of people's differences. No matter who they are. Every culture is different. Like, if you like Star Wars, the whole concept of, you know, the striving of peace and acceptance towards the whole galaxy, every species, no matter what planet you're from, and equal representation for those species. And that's not what you're about, then fuck it. All right. Next up, we got our buddy Chris Lilly. Hey, guys, back again with another two parter. Last week, Ollie asked who would win in a fight against a young, uninjured Anakin against old Sheev Palpatine. I would like to take that a step further and ask if Anakin would have fought and killed Palpatine in his office when he revealed himself to be Darth Sidious, would he have died too in fulfilling the prophecy? I suppose what I'm really asking is if it's a stipulation of the prophecy that the Chosen One dies in fulfilling his destiny of bringing balance to the Force, as what happened to Anakin at the end of Return of the Jedi. Also, do you guys think we'll hear non-Star Wars composed Star Wars themes from the anthology films appear in other forms of media like TV shows and video games? I could see Michael Giacchino's Imperial Suite from Rogue One show up in Battlefront 2's campaign. Thanks for the great podcast. I love Now This Is Podcasting, but Blue Harvest is definitely my favorite to listen to and interact with. Well, thanks, buddy. Chris. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Okay, so... Michael Giacchino. <laughs> Giacchino. Um, so, do I think in, in this hypothetical situation where when Sidious reveals himself to Anakin, Dude. Anakin kills him, does Anakin have to die as well? You believe that? No. Anakin has to die? I don't think so. I'm, I'm okay, questioning. Right. I'm just saying. I'll have up. you guys know that Goose texted me personally about this after he listened to the podcast. Of course. He's he like, did. uh, oh man, she, she would win. Hate to tell you. He would not. Would he, he just and wouldn't I, like, that's the prophecy. That's just not how I see it. Yeah. I don't see it that way either. I mean, if you look at, okay, so I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No. So, let's just do a little quick math here, right? Um, would you say that Anakin is more powerful than Mace Windu? I would say, yeah. Me too. Mace Windu, now, is the... See, you run into something a little weird here. But Mace Windu had Palpatine down. He had him down on the ground. Yeah. Now, was that because of skill or was Palpatine sort of letting him win to Did he go belly up? Yeah, to, to manipulate the whole situation. Cuz yeah. He probably did. I don't know that for sure. I don't know that that has been established anywhere for well, sure. Well, I mean that's that was basically Anakin's trial. Honestly, it was his Sith trial. Yeah. Cuz after he cut you know Mace Windu's hand off and the Emperor often, he was like, fuck it. Or, I guess I killed the Jedi. We'll do whatever. 
<laughs> Let's go. Um, I don't know that it necessarily has to mean that Anakin had to die. I don't honestly know. I've never really wondered if that was part of the chosen prophecy. Chosen one would bring balance to the Force. Like, that's right. it, right? Well, that's we assume that's it, but who knows? Maybe there is more to it. Like, you know, I don't know. And plus, you know, just because that's the prophecy, like, that's the prophecy that the Chosen One will bring balance to the Force. But what really happened was the Chosen One went to the dark side, slaughtered all the Jedi, helped run an empire for 20-plus years, and then, in the last moments of his life, went back to the light side and brought balance to the Force. You know? The the prophecy didn't wasn't really specific. So who knows? Maybe part of the prophecy was, oh, he brings balance to the Force through self-sacrifice. But I don't know. I don't know that that's necessarily has to be the case. I don't know. Seems like he tries to bring balance to the Force through genocide. And then... Oh, I don't I, think... I think at that point, he is not considering that he's bringing balance to the... I don't think he thinks he's bringing balance to the Force at that point. And when he's a Sith? Yeah, I don't think so. I think he's just like, eh, fuck that prophecy. I'm, I'm a Sith now. I do Sith things. Or maybe he thought he really could bring balance and order to the galaxy if he offed... I mean, that was his whole plan with Padme was that he would off the Emperor and the two of them would rule, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he Darth Vader really likes to make that proposition to people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's like, no, nah, let's kill this guy and you'll rule with me. He does it to Padme. He does it to Luke. So... It's a it's a deal he's constantly trying to make that nobody wants to take him up on. Right. Um what do you think about the spin-off mu- movie music stuff? What a um do you think we'll we'll see that those musical cues and stuff pop up? Anywhere? As in like the ones which musical cues? So he's specifically talking about non-John Williams. No, I stuff. think. I mean, it'll be in there, but see, I think it's very it's possible, hard like not to use the versions of that for epic moments. You know what I'm saying? Like when you got John Williams to use, do you do you use anything else? That's the question, I guess. And like he said, I could see elements of the Rogue One because once. It seems like once the Star Wars music is set for the movies, at that point, it then becomes the basis for, like, I don't know, not remixes, but, like, other music that takes cues off of that. Any Star Wars video game, if you listen, it's just (laughs) dudes riffing on stuff John Williams has already done, you know? So, yeah, I I think it could show up in different forms and games and stuff. And stuff. I don't know necessarily that they would reuse it in any movies or anything. Well, you know, there are like themes. You know, right. There's like Leia's themes. There's the haunt. You know, there are different themes, and those show up. I think those will continue to show up no matter what. Right. I think it will grow and evolve as its own thing. And I, I don't. You know, it'll have to be real kick ass. But 
there'll have to be something equally as recognizable. <coughs> right. If it's not that. Okay. So, and next up, we got another one from our buddy Brad H. So, I saw on Twitter recently an interview with John Buega. He intimates that Leia will get a send-off in an amazing way. That obviously got me thinking. What do I want as a send-off that both characterizes her character and stays true to the heart of who and what she is, a Force-sensitive general of the Resistance and a Skywalker? The only thing I could think of is using the Force in such a way that either saves the day for the Resistance, connects with Luke, or is a desperate plea to Ben Solo advising him that it's never too late to turn back to the light. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Thanks, guys. Respectfully, Brad H. What kind of send-off do you want for uh, Princess Leia, buddy? The General. General Leia Organa. This is a tough one for me to do. Yeah, it's hard to talk about. Initially, I thought that she would self-sacrifice somehow to save lots of people. Right. You know, there will be some dire situation and they'll be like, oh, you know, whatever. She'll give herself. She'll have to do the. She'll be the one that has to stay behind, you know, and do this one thing, save a bunch of people. But then I don't know. Having her go in a way where she tries to bring her son back to the light is very. I don't know. I don't want to say cyclical, but it's exactly what Han was trying to do. Like, in a way, they were both just trying to save their son. Yeah, and if uh, if there is some sort of redemption storyline for for Kylo, having Leia be the one to sort of set that in motion would be all right with me. Yeah, it would make sense, you know. Um, yeah. I still don't think Kylo makes it out alive, though. Even if he does turn back, if he kills his mother, there's no way. Oh, I I if do he not kills see his mother and his father, there's no way. Yeah, I I don't see. I just don't see how they could do that. Have him kill Leia and Han. I mean, and at that point, if you kill Leia and Han, then like I just don't see there being redemption. You have no character. soul, you know. All right. Uh, next up we have um, our buddy Richie, and he's got a voicemail. What's up, Paws and Will? This is Richie. So, I had a question this week. It's kind of a silly one, but I think there can be some discussion that comes from it. And it's about lightsaber crystals. Now, Pablo tweeted something about the Star Wars universe being more of a mythos than an instruction manual. Or, you know, something to that effect. And... I had replied to him that, yeah, I don't want to see everything in the Star Wars universe fleshed out. I think some of these things can be left to the imagination. And, you know, I don't want to see the Battle of Tanab a Star Wars story. I'd be pretty pissed if that comes out. But, you know, one of the things that kind of, I guess, twists my nips a little bit is lightsaber crystal lore. Like, my question to you guys is, isn't this a little too much? Like, don't we focus enough on some of the other shit that's going on in the saga and characters and all that stuff to have to really delve 
deeply into the fucking lore of lightsabers and why they are the colors that they are. I mean, when I was younger, I was under the impression that Jedi had certain colors and Sith had certain colors, and that's just the way it was. Uh, you know, it just and then I hear one's a natural crystal and the other's a synthetic crystal. And I don't know the fucking difference between the two, but I was like, okay, that works. Now we get fucking, you know, in the Clone Wars, they come out and they had this thing where the Jedi had to find their crystal, and their crystal was calling to them, adding to the lightsaber lore. You know, and they were all blue and green. Doesn't say anything about Mace Windu's purple saber. And then we find out in the Ahsoka book that she took a fucking crystal from an Inquisitor and, and purified it again, and it was white. Uh, and then we find out, you know, in this Vader comic, and it had been alluded to before but in the new canon, that, no, Sith get their crystals by taking a fucking saber from a Jedi and making it bleed. And all that shit sounds cool. It really does. But I want to know if you think it's too much, because I do. You know, it's almost like that it, it hamstrings the story group into into certain positions that they write themselves into a corner because Sidious has two lightsabers. Vader's got one. Maul's got the double-bladed. Dooku has one. Each one of those has to be taken by killing a Jedi and bleeding his crystal. So, I mean, how many Jedi were killed? I mean, were they that fucking stupid, the Jedi Council, that they didn't realize that, you know, it's pretty hard to kill a Jedi, and maybe we should look into this, that, you know, it took them that long to f figure out that Maul was coming back? I mean, I don't know. It just seems a little, like, too much to me. Why can't the color of a lightsaber be, like, the color of your fucking drapes? Yeah, I mean, the bad guys, okay, let's say that the Sith only use red because that's a Sith thing. Why can't we have orange, green, blue, purple, yellow sabers all over the place? Why, in the end, does that matter? All right, guys, that's all I got. Take care. Hmm. Well, I don't know. Personally, at least for me, I kind of like all the lightsaber lore and stuff. Because lightsabers are hand down, like, in my top three reasons I like Star Wars. I love fucking lightsabers. Lightsabers are a big thing for me. I got to agree. You know, as a kid, the lightsaber is captivating. You know, it's a laser sword that you can deflect blaster bolts with. Like, it's the symbol of a Jedi. Like, it's the toy you wish you had. You know, it's the one thing you wish was real. Right. And, and it's not and, like I want a full breakdown, technically, of how a lightsaber works. Like, no. all the working parts in it and stuff but i do but it does fascinate me like yeah it does fascinate me and and more so the sort of ritual of building a lightsaber and finding your crystal and and you know all that stuff i love that stuff man i like it because it's it airs more on the fantasy side of space fantasy of sci-fi right. fantasy sci-fi <laughs> stuff right um so that to know the relationship between the force yeah the jedi and the force crystal like that is crucial for me like i want to know why you know why that is like right because i don't know apparently 
you don't have to be force sensitive to turn it on. <coughs> right, right. There's but definitely how, not. Like, where is the connection? And, yeah. But clearly in its purity, I guess. And I'm with Richie. You know, I know a lot of people are, are sort of like blue, green, red. That's the only lightsabers <laughs> colors I like. But ah, shit, I like when they do the different colors personally. I like, you know, Mace Windu's purple saber. I like that Ahsoka has the white sabers. I like that the Jedi Temple Guards have sort of yellowish gold sabers. Um, it would make sense if Force Crystals came from all over the galaxy. Right. There would be alien worlds that had different crystallization processes, but yeah, the Force still exists there. Yeah. I mean, that would only make... Because, you, you know, in real life, crystals come in a variety of colors. Right. Um... So yeah, you know that I don't necessarily like the idea that like, oh, because this character, like every Jedi that has a green character is this specific type of Jedi and that that's what it signifies. Right. I'm not a huge fan of that. They did that in Knights of the Old Republic where Jedi guardians had blue sabers and Jedi sentinels had green sabers and et cetera, et cetera. Wasn't a huge fan of that. I just kind of like, like your saber color is whatever color kyber crystal calls out to right. you you know yeah um i don't necessarily think it's too much star wars does have a tendency sometimes to try and fill in too much but to me this is this is like right on that line like i don't know that i want too much more information about lightsabers at this point i would love to know what's going on with kylo ren's lightsaber though why is his lightsaber why is his kyber crystal cracked? You know? What's that all about? That's something I would like to know. Um, but other than that, it doesn't really bother me that much. What do you think, buddy? That's exactly what I think. I mean, I, I'm a fan of lightsabers just my entire life. You know, I would get shit for it because I would make lightsaber hilts and stuff. But, like, it fascinated me. So, of course, I'd want to know how one of those things worked, you know. It's something I've talked I, about before. I don't know. It, knowing that there was crystals and lightsabers is just one of those things that, like, I, I remember knowing as far as I can remember, you know. And I don't know when that was first established, where I first heard that, if it was even an official source and stuff like that, it's weird to me, this whole lightsaber crystal thing. And I've tried to research it. Like when was the first time it was brought up that lightsabers were powered by crystals? And I don't really know. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know who probably does not like lightsabers as much as we do? Who's that? The person who sent in this voicemail, our buddy Soars Bandine. I would understand why. Yeah. He had an unfortunate run-in with a lightsaber. His uh, voicemail is not loading for some reason. Oh, here we go. Hello. This is Source Bandine. And I'm back. You'll be glad to hear that Mr. Cuddles was returned to us this week. Thank God. Some silly tart knocked on the door and did a runner. Before I could get hold of them, I looked around and there was no sight or sound of the cheeky little sods. 
But to my surprise, there he was, bold as brass, sat there on the floor, little old Mr. Cuddles. He had a sign around his neck saying, for the love of God, please just take him back. <laughs> when I looked more closely, I could see some sort of a green testicle hanging out of his mouth. It looks like Kit Fisto bit off a little more than he could chew. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking mug. Now, if you see some giant green nipple head walking around the place with a suspect's limp, then you give me a tinkle. Because I'm going to have a few words with old Kit Fisto when I catch up with him. Oh, and before I forget, I ain't no Supreme Leader Smoke. Have you even seen the state of that guy's boat race? I am far too pretty to be that fucking mug. And I will not be caught dead in no gold shiny robe or genie shoes. You <laughs> lot must be off your fucking nut if you think I'm that guy. Alright, I'll leave you to it. Ta-ra, you bunch of mugs. <laughs> I just want to know how Sores Bandeem's cat was in a position where he could bite off Kit Fisto's testicle. That is a spin-off I, movie I would like to hear. I like that his name is Mr. Cuddles. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, next up we've got um, our buddy Robert. Hey, Halls and Will, got a quick question. One for each of you. Okay, Halls, where can I get my hands on a copy of that sick Kia D song? It's not available on iTunes because if it's not, it should be. Can't get it out of my non-pud-shaped head, damn it. And now for Will. How the hell do I butterfly a freaking chicken breast without slicing the shit out of my hand? Is it something that you got to have the balls to do? Or is there a technique to it that I just don't possess? Anyways... Thanks, guys. Have an awesome weekend. Your friend in the force, Robert Russo. Almost forgot. P.S. Halls, have you seen Spider-Man yet? I might have missed it on an episode, but the last I heard, you still didn't have time to go out to a theater. Anyway, I hope you have seen it. Spidey is my favorite superhero, and this movie is not one to miss on the big screen. Well, as you heard, I did see it, and I loved it. Um, I could probably hook you up with a copy of that Kia D song, buddy. It's definitely not on iTunes. Um... That'd be funny. That would be really funny. Maybe I need to look into that. Wonder how hard it is to get a song on iTunes for people to buy. Not a bad idea. All right. Chef Will. Yes, Chef. Thank you, Chef. Yes, Chef. Thank you, Chef. Um, um butterfly chicken breast for a butterfly chicken breast. All right. Uh I'm overcomplicating it just by taking it this far, but uh, when you butterfly a chicken breast, the first step, uh, some people find it easier to do it when the chicken is cold. Some find it easier to do when the chicken is at room temperature. I'll tell you this. You never want to cook cold chicken because all the juice cooks out by the time the chicken is done. You want to let your chicken come to room temperature, and then you want to cook that chicken so all the juices stay in there longer while the chicken is done. And then it's very moist, very tender. Um, to butterfly it, uh, the thicker the breast, the easier it's going to be to do. The smaller the breast, it'll be more difficult. But just in general, if you can divide the thickest chunk of meat in half horizontally uh, 
and then get it open, you're butterflied. So the safer you are with your hands, the better, depending on your, you know, how comfortable you are with a knife, how sharp the knife is. Um, some people just lay it flat down with their <laughs> whole hand and then gently slice, you know, horizontally into the, the part of meat to open it up. Some people just make a little nick and then open it up. You know, it all, it doesn't have to be perfect. Like, I mean, if you've got knife skills, like, it, it's satisfying to get the perfect butterfly. But as long as you have thinned out that piece of chicken to cook, you know, don't, I wouldn't beat yourself up too much if one is thinner than the other. You know, your hands are more important. Um, the claw technique where you keep your fingernails towards the edge of the knife and they act as a natural shield. That's, you know, so you don't cut your fingers off when you're doing stuff like that. But you, you just got to have the balls. You got to have the balls and the technique and just be very precise and very gentle. Another part of it is like if you really want to be safe, you can get a cut glove. You know, it's like it looks like shark mail, but you just put that glove on and you're never going to slice into your hand. Don't worry about it. Hack it up. You know, like I, I still get a little nervous when I was going to use one of those people that work on deli slicers use those. So they don't cut their fingers off, which oh. is wise. Um, <clears throat> deli slicers kind of the thought of using a deli slicer terrifies the shit out of me I could never use a cut glove I need my hands and I know that's a very ridiculous thing to say because I've cut into them several times really bad but once you do that you know you learn not to like you know burning and cutting is learning I, I guess but <laughs> but I need my hands to feel, to feel the meat, and I have to have my hands on the. And you use gloves, like if you're in a professional setting and you have to be using gloves, you will. But you ever see a TV chef use gloves? No, you don't. They put their hands on everything. Like it's because it's, you know, the tactile sensation of it is one part of being in control of that item. Well, there you go. Thank you, Chef. Thank you. Yes, Chef. I know I took it way too deep there. No, man. I think that's what he's looking for. That's what I would expect. Um, you know what I'll say? Make sure you got a nice sharp knife. I find that's a lot of problem. People don't sharpen their knives. I've gotten to the point where I'm not butterflying chicken. I like it. I like to leave it thick, and I will bake it to 165 degrees internally which is exactly done you know that's like the minimal point you want to cook chicken off because you cook the most bacteria uh, out and when you do that and you let it sit it's so juicy and it's so tender and then i like to carve into it and make long strips instead of butterflying it really yeah well there you go uh this is from our buddy neil in chicago uh, and it's about something we talked about earlier. Uh, hey, all is in well. I saw an article online this week about a company called The Void that is working with Lucasfilm <laughs> to create a multiplayer VR experience that will be in locations close to Disneyland and Disney World. The article describes these experiences as a fully functional environment built into a warehouse of sorts. Without the VR headset on, it would look like just a warehouse with black walls and boxes. But the VR experience running, it will be an interactive combat scenario. The other aspect of this company, which is intriguing, is that the CEO was involved as part of Lucasfilm during the creation of the original six films. I did not know that. 
mm-hmm. with a background where he worked directly with Lucas himself. I have faith that he will create a very immersive experience. I cl- included the link in the article below. Well, buddy, we already talked about that. Thanks for the little extra information, though. That makes it really intriguing. Yeah, it does. <clears throat> but, Neil, did they say anything about alien farts? Inquiring minds want to know. Alien animal farts, to be specific. <laughs> yeah. What do they smell like? I guess that's. I shouldn't say that because Wookiees aren't animals. They're people, too. <laughs> But they're animal people. <clears throat> mm. All right. We've got one last email, and this is from our buddy Kylo Reb. And he says, Hey, boys. So last week you guys made my day by christening me the only good old Miss fan. We did that uh, when you came on Rogue One. No. Just wanted to say thanks, and you guys. And you fellas are by far my favorite Bulldogs. I'm glad that Star Wars can unite even the most bitter rivals. I'm writing to tell you guys about this new book that's coming out in a month or so. It's very intriguing. Is it the porno? No, I added. (laughs) Along the lines of an email (laughs) you had last week, it's a book about various regular people in the galaxy and a collection of the stories and myths that these people have heard about Luke Skywalker. This will give us some post new new post Return of the Jedi info about Luke, but it will likely be a mix of truth and error. Uh, error, error, error. I thought this was a great idea and a fun way to finally shed some light on whatever Luke's been up to. What do you guys think? Maybe if it succeeds, we can get a similar book about Kia D. <laughs> Here's a link to the book. May the force be with you. Yeah, I I heard about this book. Um. It's sort of the journey to the Last Jedi, and it's the legend, legends of Luke Skywalker. And uh, man, that sounds like a cool concept. I'll be down. I mean, some... the legends, like you hear, like uh, through secondhand stories. <laughs> well, yeah. So, like, um, for instance, you know how in The Force Awakens, which I actually watched again today, I watch that movie all the time. Um, you know, when Luke Skywalker, Luke Ray is like Luke Skywalker, I thought he was a myth. I guess it's sort of playing off of that where you're hearing different sort of quote-unquote normal people in, or characters in Star Wars recount stories they've heard about Luke, either first-hand or second-hand. Um, so that sounds cool to me. That is kind of cool. Yeah. Like, I like that Luke has become sort of this legendary mythical character, which... You know, it only makes sense. Um, I just, uh, now I'm interested in seeing, like, what the fuck went on between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. Right. What the fuck is he gonna do now? Yeah, what happened? Like, it all comes back to this Jedi, New Jedi Academy, New Jedi class. Yep. <laughs> <coughs> Has a lot to do with Kylo Ren turning to the dark side. Yeah, and it looks like, um, you know, this will give us a maybe a small piece of the puzzle. I wouldn't expect anything earth shattering. And like, um, 
our buddy said it even seems like some of it could be erroneous. Like, especially if it's like secondhand account, thirdhand accounts. Right. People recounting stories that they've heard about Luke Skywalker. And that'll be, that's interesting. I want to see what everybody else in the galaxy thinks about Luke. On the Batman compilation animation, there was an episode in there where this group of skater kids each tell about individually their account of seeing the Batman. And Isn't that all the really... first one? Didn't that it be... may be. I think it might be in that. It may be. What was that but... uh, movie called? Gotham Knights? Gotham Knight. Yeah, maybe? Batman Gotham Knight. Um, it's again, it's one of those collaborations of shorts, but one of the episodes was about all these different encounters with Batman and how he was, you know, you know, and one, he was a monster and the other one, he was some sort of ninja. Like it was just really cool, you know, to hear though their perspective of what Batman was and how it was animated so differently each of their stories and I'm thinking of that concept about Luke and to be incredible you know like even yeah. if you hear do some crazy Dragon Ball Z stuff you know it doesn't all necessarily have to be true but it's somebody's exaggeration yeah that ex- that pretty much sounds exactly what they're going for I had forgotten about that I need to rewatch that at some point it's good stuff man that would be a cool idea for a uh a fucking Star Wars animated movie. Yeah. Do that. Turn this, the Legends of Luke Skywalker book, into a Star Wars animated movie. I'd watch the hell out of that. But uh, I think that does it for us this week, buddy. Thanks for recording with me. Yeah, man. Thanks for recording with me. We uh, we definitely took uh, Star Wars VR in a, in a new and exciting direction. If they had just listened oh. to us. I think we can really break that fourth wall and it's gonna give somebody world. a headache. Someone's <laughs> gonna have a seizure. All the animal farts. <laughs> oh God, I'm allergic. Methane poisoning. <laughs> I'm allergic to hut farts. Hut farts. Hut farts. Slug farts. Is what is a hut a slug? I mean, yeah, that's definitely what he's meant to look like is a giant slug, right? <coughs> You think his farts are mucusy? Does he leave a trail where he goes? Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. He's pooping out mucusy frogs. Dude. <laughs> you took it here. I Why did. did we have to end on this note? The brown note. Anyway, if you guys like our theme song, be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They are Stoned Cobra. And you can find them on iTunes, on Spotify, or at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes. We've been getting a couple of new reviews here and there, and I really appreciate that. We stayed That's at like good. one number for quite a little while, and now we're slowly creeping up. I appreciate you guys taking Hopefully the time we'll to do pass that. a number that makes us guilty enough to put on the oh, radio drama. My greatest shame. My greatest podcasting shame. I will make it right. I might be as old as we Lor Santeca. We will right this wrong. I might be as old as Lor Santeca uploading that shit going, this will begin to make things right. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, until then, this has been Blue Harvest. I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us.